Welcome to Discussing Donation. I'm Meredith Jimenez. Choosing the right career path isn't always the easiest decision. For those who choose to follow their passions, sometimes one particular class in college can point you in the right direction. For Dr. Veronica Loy, Medical Director of Liver Transplantation for the Medical College of Wisconsin, this was what she experienced when she was in college. She shares more with the communications intern for Mad Dog Strong, Tatiana Alaraj. So thank you, Meredith, and thank you, Dr. Veronica Loy, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Amazing. So to start off, could you give us more insight on your role as the medical director of liver transplantation? Yeah, absolutely. So every transplant center in the country has both a medical and a surgical director, really to just make sure that each transplant center is hold, held to the highest standards and compliance and quality care uh, for our patients. So that is my role as the medical director. Yes, and you have touched on quality care, which I think is super important, especially for people who are about to go through um, do organ donation. So what, are, what do you think is the key aspects that you focus on when you think of quality care? If there's a variety of things that we focus on. I mean, some things are really more compliance and regulatory, um, but to me, quality care really means providing um, excellent long-term care to give people the best life and the best outcomes. But we are really, it is really important. There's a lot of ethics in transplant to make sure that people are provided proper education and consent um, and screening. So a lot goes into making sure things really, there's, there's a million checkboxes uh, that we are held to make sure that we provide good outcomes. Especially with me, I believed what the media told me about transplantation, which I learned very quickly is, has a lot of falsehoods to it. So when it came to specificities in choosing which organ donation to want to get into, why did you choose liver transplantation? That's a great question too. Well, um, almost accidentally, uh, I was exposed to it on an elective rotation I had at the end of my medical training. And I really, at that time, thought I had my career path all lined up. And um, I was exposed to a rotation in liver transplantation and just immediately knew it was what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So I really kind of pivoted and changed my goals. And what I really loved about transplant um, and specifically hepatology, which is my practice as I'm not a surgeon, is the opportunity to take care of people, meet them um, and follow along with them and their families really for the rest of their life and become their lifelong physician. But it's a nice mix of primary care and real critical care, critical illness. Um, when someone's waiting for a transplant, this is a life-saving surgery. So without it, they will not be alive much longer. And it's just such a rewarding profession to be with someone um, and try to get them to that gift of life, the donation. Um, and also, you know, sometimes a part of this is helping families when that isn't a possibility and, and helping patients be comfortable. And so I just found it was a nice mix of critical care and primary care. And then there's also a fair amount of uh, procedures and a mix between inpatient and outpatient care. So really just a good balance for me. 
when you talk about getting to know your patients and their families, you're really viewing things from a holistic perspective. So has that changed your view on treating patients like from when you were training to now? Yeah, I think so. My background, I went to a osteopathic medical school, which in general does focus a lot um, on a holistic approach, uh, mind, body, spirit, um, nutrition, preventative care. So I think um, all along, I've really had that focus and even from the beginning of my medical training, but certainly it's become more and more important uh, as I've progressed in my career and understanding and seeing how much uh, all of these aspects, mental health, nutrition, uh, really play into people's well-being and, and their health. So definitely plays a role. It definitely does. When you think of like taking care of these patients and their family and making sure everything is okay, is there very big challenges when it comes to that or like just hepatology as a whole, people not being very knowledgeable of the subject or such things like that? Yes, there's a lot of challenges. I'm, I think not just for patients and their family, but for the medical community um, as well. The two, two of the leading causes of liver disease and ultimately liver cirrhosis and needing a transplant, one is related to a condition called NASH, which is related to fat in the liver. And many even doctors are not you know, educating their patients and screening people to see if they've developed this. Um, and people don't know about it. So really making sure that the primary doctors and, and primary care providers know about these conditions to educate their patients. And the other um, part we're struggling a lot with right now is uh, young women and, and very heavy alcohol use, which I think um, there's not a lot of understanding of what is a safe level. And so just really trying to get out into the community and educate people so they understand what, what is the risk to them. Very true. Education is such a key aspect of donation as a whole. And you work in academic medicine. So what are the benefits of working there, especially when it's related to the transplant care? I think um, transplant, a lot of transplant centers are also academic centers. So most places that people go, at, li at least for liver transplantation, will be an academic center like a university setting where there's medical students and residents and fellows. And so one of the biggest benefit to me is it allows me to practice the specialty I'm so passionate about. But I also very much enjoy the uh, interaction with the trainees. I think that the excitement and energy um, and drive is really contagious. And um, it's, it's just a, a wonderful opportunity for me to be an educator. And people ask me all the time, if you weren't a doctor, what would you do? And I think I've learned about myself through this path that I think being an educator would be what I would want to do because it's what I enjoy so much about working at an academic center is, is really teaching the residents and fellows about uh, medicine. So, and professionalism. So I think that's one of the benefits. Another benefit is the research and aspects of academic centers. And there are a lot of private centers that also participate in research, but being at the forefront of medicine, the cutting edge, um, newest, latest, greatest opportunities for treatments and devices. And that's, that's one of the wonderful things about where I work. 
I could really see your passion for it through the way you communicated that. So for a woman like me who's about to graduate college and looking for that experience and wanting those career goals, what kind of advice would you give, especially to um, fellow graduates of mine who are going to go in the STEM field as well? One thing I notice a lot of what I'm talking with young women about is really not learning the math and science and pharmaceuticals, Um, (laughs) but it's talking about professionalism and that will apply to any, any career and just really uh, understanding how to be professional, how to be kind, how to treat your peers and, and people around you with respect, um, how to show up on time um, and present yourself well. And I think those things are the most important thing in any career. See, I feel like as a woman just growing up, we've always been held to a higher standard. So do you feel that in medicine, it's even more pressure to live up to people's expectations or not allow um, other colleagues of yours to undermine or underestimate your abilities? That's a great question. Great question. Um, there's definitely a difference. And uh, I think for many years, I did not want to see that. Um, but to me, I just acknowledge that there is a difference and um, don't let anything get in my way and yeah. um, present myself my best foot forward at all times. And, and really, I think you will shine who, for who you are. Um, there will be people who unintentionally hold you to a different standard, but um, that doesn't, I don't think I let it stop me. We love to hear that (laughs) for sure. Um, Do you think there was like one experience or multiple experiences that uh, made you the leader that you, that you are now or kind of toughened you up in a sense to like, oh, wow, like this is my position. I have to step up to the plate at this moment in time. Yeah, I think, you know, starting in in your youth and in my childhood, my my mother was very encouraging for me to um, be a leader and that support was always there. And then uh, through high school and college, I was an athlete. And I think being involved in athletics and ultimately being given roles like team captain and and, um, president of whatever um, organization I was involved with really taught me leadership skills and gave me the confidence to do what I'm doing now. So I pull on those things I learned as a captain and a coach um, from sports all the time in my career. Now, I think as I'm getting a little older and have the leadership role, um, recognizing that there are a lot of people whom I have their voice and they that they need someone to stand up for what's right. They need someone to speak for them in some ways because they don't have a position where they're able to do that um, has really pushed me to continue to want this leadership role and really want to move forward because I recognize now what a responsibility is for me to make sure that I'm helping those who aren't, don't have the position to do it themselves. That speaks wonders (laughs) that really shows a lot of who you are and that's very truly incredible um I would ask for the people that you have to stand up to stand up for what avenues of either social media or um other ways have you gotten the word out to be their voice especially when it comes to organ donation 
I have recently started to dabble a bit in social media and it has been a really fun experience for me to connect with both uh, organ donors, organ recipients, as well as other healthcare providers all across the country. And uh, at first I was a little intimidated by putting you know, myself and my opinions out into the world. Um, and I, I think that you need to be very careful about how you do that. But I have found it's been a wonderful way for me to connect with people and really actually create opportunities like this. So getting to meet people and talk to people that I otherwise wouldn't have. A key thing you said there was just like educating people. And I feel because social media has a lot of myths and uh, fabrication, to it but I feel like it's very refreshing after seeing your Instagram page of like all the research you do the academic um, articles you put it's like wow like someone's actually doing the research not just like looking at a headline and posting it so for people who are hesitant about uh, certain areas of your studies that you've been studying for obviously years now and um, specifically organ donation as well what would you say to those hesitant about any topic Um, I think you need to do your own homework and and formulate your own opinions. I do think that everything on social media or even research um, can be portrayed in a manner to serve that person who's putting it forward. So to look out out there, if someone has has a thought or a question, then look and see, is there someone else that's showing the opposing view and really make your own decision, but an educated one, um, you know, you shouldn't just believe what you're being told. So I think that is what I would say on a general, as a general answer for organ donation in particular, I think there are quite a few myths and hesitancies. And of course there are a lot of, um, you know, personal belief sets that I can't understand if I'm not in someone else's shoes, But I think just having an open conversation with someone you trust who knows what they're talking about to help abate any real fears or concerns people might have about being an organ donor, because most of them are pretty um, unfounded. Uh, Specifically, like in your work, have you seen improvements over the years due to people just being more educated or just the word being spread, like with a foundation like Mad Dog Strong? Have you seen just improvements or just higher education in that sense? Yes, I think so. I think, um, you know, the Department of Motor Vehicles has been a really big advocate for organ donation, and that's really helped over the years, getting people to start talking and thinking about this as young as as 16 years old when they're getting their first driver's license. And then organizations like Mad Dog, um, you know, the foundation is getting this really as as a topic of conversation amongst people and their peers, as well as their family members, which really is important to also be talking to your family members. Um, because people need to really understand others wishes. Um, so I've seen a huge improvement over the years. There's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot of work to be done. Um, would there be more advice given to the younger generation who just doesn't know like how significant it is? Like they don't know, like they're literally changing someone's life. Giving an organ is saving them or giving them more years to live. So is there like a story that uh, speaks to you or just experience that you just saw how it was such a major deal in that person's life? Every single day, (laughs) every, every single day. 
Um, every single patient whom I have who goes on to need a transplant would quite literally not be alive, um, maybe even days later, but certainly not months later. And um, some of these are, are young people who, um, to, through no fault of their own, are, are about to die from their organ failure. And this gift um, of you know, living beyond yourself and, and allowing someone to quite frankly live and, and do whatever they're meant to do. Um, I have patients that have gotten married, had children, had grandchildren, competed in the Olympics. Um, and these people wouldn't have lived one more day. So it is, it's a profound gift uh, for the donor um, to give to the recipient and their family and whatever impact that person may have in the world. I think it's, it's a, just, I, I, mean, I can't even put into words what a big deal it is. <laughs> have they gone on to be donors themselves or advocate for organ donation? I see people all the time that have accomplished things. Many do get involved, give back in some way, um, working through you know, the American Liver Foundation for education, uh, working as a donor advocate. Some have gone on to actually become nurses and doctors in the field. And I have some patients who are donor advocates as well. So I think people do have this sense of gratitude for what somebody has done for them. And while they can never meet that person and, and thank them, they pay it forward by, by helping others. Um, being a donor is something it's hard to think about. It's hard to talk about, uh, but it's oh so important. And it really can change the entire trajectory of someone and their family's lives. And I think it's also a, a very special thing to be a part of a donor family and allow that process to take place because it's, it's not an easy process. And to know um, that what you're doing for someone else is, is just a, a gift I can't put into words. So um, to know that you are going to change something forever is really remarkable. This episode of Discussing Donation is sponsored by the New Students for Hope chapter at the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse. Learn more about Students for Hope at maddogstrong.org. It's a really hard day-to-day, um, -day, uh, what you see, what you deal with, the heartbreak. Um, I can't imagine. And the only way to continue moving forward is if you have such passion for it and know that, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And uh, I feel lucky that I have that because I know it takes a lot of people a long time to figure that out. Yeah. Um, but when I, like I said, I was, you know, I was I was about to start a sports medicine residency. I was going to be like a team doc on the sidelines. And I did this one elective rotation. I was probably, I don't know, 27 years old. And it just immediately shifted my entire life. And so I guess I'm lucky in that way. Don't go. I want to do a quick little picture of you guys. <laughs> Make yourself look nice. <laughs>
Thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Loy. Thank you for joining us on discussing donation and we appreciate, we appreciate your time and all the great insight you have to share. And back, back to you, Meredith. Thank you, Tatiana and Dr. Loy. And thank you for watching. Be sure and follow our YouTube channel, Mad Dog Strong Foundation, for future episodes. One of which will be Dan Leitz, Community Outreach Coordinator for the Illinois Secretary of State's Organ and Tissue Donor Program. We look forward to seeing what's happening in the great state of Illinois about this wonderful program. We'll see you soon.